everyone. Welcome to The Backbeat. I'm here with Montaigne. Hi, how are you going? I'm well, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm on like the tail end of COVID, so. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just going to get straight into cues because we don't have very long. Um, but you tweeted, I noticed you've obviously got your your releases, your recent release with David Byrne. Um, I noticed you tweeted in August 2020, for those who care about my music, just so you know, the next record is probably going to be hyper pop. God, I love that fucked music. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, I mean, you've definitely kept that promise. Um do you think that's interesting? I actually, yeah. you know, I actually now don't think that my record is hyper pop at all. I, I think that it has some of like the um, palette and influences of it, but I actually yeah. like think it's just a, like a pop, a, I don't know, an alternative pop record that uh, has takes inspiration from it, but doesn't quite achieve the same sort of level of intensity that uh, yeah does yeah for sure I think um looking at the comments on the video and stuff though I think most people are pretty satisfied in calling it hyper pop <laughs> they're like you got David Byrne on for a hyper pop yeah, track yeah no, no, I did see that one which is <laughs> yeah. quite funny yeah um what is it about that fucked music that you love then I think I really enjoy the intensity and the novelty of of all the sounds um you know, Sophie, I think, was one of the pioneers of the, I don't know, style or genre or whatever it is nowadays. A lot of people sort of argue that it's just like a kind of lazy umbrella term for like just a broad range of music that doesn't fit neatly into any category, mm. but it's quite like electronic and or digital. Um, mm. And Sophie really wanted to make like the biggest brightest, loudest thing possible. And I think that's what I appreciate about a lot of hyperpop is it does really achieve that and does it in a really um, kind of like ear candy way, I suppose. It really satisfies, it just like itches a part of my brain that wants to be itched and I didn't know needed to be itched. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think also, you know, uh, the music say of 100 Gex is so um influenced by like a lot of the things i was influenced by growing up like lincoln park and mm -hmm. you know sort of that early pop punk and um pop music and all that stuff like like euro dance tracks and stuff as well so I I feel like it's almost a nostalgic thing as well, but they really transform this nostalgia into something completely like new groundbreaking and novel, which is mm. very exciting to me. Um, and I really appreciate it uh, a great deal. The, the thing, the reason why I don't consider the record I've done as hyper pop is because I actually think I'm much too like soft and uh, introverted and generally mm. quiet to actually like fully emulate that music. I think there's like a lot of um, sensuality, sexuality and anger and just like this intensity of emotion within that music and also of like relationship to the body and it's um, like all that stuff. 
that I just simply do not possess. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, it's not, I'm too asexual and too introverted to actually like make music like that, I think. So um, I, yeah, like, you know, the record that I've made is quite, I would say, wholesome and and homely and, mm. and uh, I, I think that's why the music isn't hyper pop. I think there are, you know, on top of a kind of sound, there are like themes to hyperpop that I don't quite write about or even like live, you know, um, mm. which I think a lot of the artists do live, um, which I admire a lot. I think that's the thing I like most about it is it really does feel like a scene where a lot of sort of artists are connecting with each other and sharing and collaborating. And, um, you know, I think that's part and parcel of growing up on the internet, which I think is a really cool thing. Um, mm. And that's sort of what I, I love hearing from it. Yeah, it's definitely like I definitely get what you're saying in the, the, the softness of your stuff versus what the typical expectation of hyperpop would be. And, and, and in saying, you know, that it doesn't fit into that, that same box, it's the first time I ever heard stuff like a hundred gecks. I was, we were speeding on a highway at two in the morning and uh-huh. I was like, what is this? It's just like screaming <laughs> over computer noises. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so confusing and jarring, but it's such an interesting, just like amalgamation of, of, of stuff. Um, do you think that it's something that you would pursue further or are you comfortable in what you've achieved with, with this track? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in what I've achieved. I think I, you know, I, th- I think I really, I just learned that the reason why I wasn't making things that sounded like the hyper pop I was listening to was just because I actually don't embody the spirit of it mm. uh, as mm-hmm. a person. I'm a, I'm a consumer and appreciator, but I don't think I'm actually a producer of that kind of sentiment or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sort of sound, I suppose. Uh, I think, um, yeah, no, yeah, I really love to bear witness to it, but I don't think I would, like, I think if I met those artists as well, I'd probably get along with them, but, like, I don't know, a lot of the artists strike me as the kind of people who enjoy partying and, like, going to clubs Mm. and, like, having a really rowdy night, and I'm just simply not that person. I'm, like, a fucking nerdy gamer who likes staying in on a Friday night and playing Horizon Forbidden West for, like, six hours or whatever, you know? Like, that's (laughs) sort of my ideal situation. And I'm, like, I sometimes I feel jealous that other people have the capacity to, like, go out and party and stuff because I never have, and... Mm. um. It's a different but, experience to, to yeah. prepare for even. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm glad it exists though. Like I, I feel like a lot of people, not a lot of people, it's like I, I always in like, you know, published interviews or whatever worry about sounding like my experience of the world is in like contrast to like, any other experience of the world and any other experience of the world is like negative because it's not my experience, which is like absolutely not what I'm trying to convey just because I'm not capable of having those kinds of experiences doesn't mm. mean they're like not worthwhile. I think they're so worthwhile. I just mm. don't know how to have them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. People are different for, you know, various reasons. That's why we're all yeah. human, and I it's guess. it's a good thing. Diversity yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the like the gamer nerd side of things. Um, I was looking through your website and just like the engagement that you have with your mon team, your, your fan base. <laughs> um, 
I love that it's all so personal and transparent and you've got that uh, Discord thing, which I joined the other day. Um, and then there's like like blog posts explaining the whole process behind everything you've got going on, which I think is so personable and, and or like transparent and authentic and it's just so interesting to see. Um, you had the process of approaching David for what ended up being Always Be You. Um including some really nice words about the background of the song itself with, you know, the relationship side of things. They say never meet your idols, but it seemed to be a pretty incredible experience. How, how was that? It was really great. Um, <clears throat> it's, hard, it's hard to sort of describe email correspondence because mm. um, I think they're very like, you know, just text in a box is very flat and neutral and there are only so many exclamation marks I can reasonably type out without seeming like a crazy person. But um, I, yeah, I'm like just stoked that I got to be able to do that and that he was so easy to work with, so on board and keen with my ideas and what I was proposing and it feels like a really significant tick of approval on what I do um mm. it's like truly the highest validation I suppose that I can you know receive from anyone that being said my brain will still find a way to say like oh what you do is not significant and it's, <laughs> it's bad and no one wants it anymore uh but uh you know at the end of the day I still get to be like actually David Byrne said it was good so I think it's actually that's, fine that's enough it's that yeah. that old chestnut of imposter syndrome isn't it it's just yeah. always hanging around and that's a whole chat on its own yeah it's just I guess that's such a, a great like you say a great indication of of your own, you know, internal validation and everything like that. It's an incredible level of validation to have. And then with Groovin coming up this year and there's supposed to be this announcement of an album coming this year as well. Yeah. Uh, Is that happening? Eventually. I don't know yeah. when the announcement's happening, but there'll, there will be an album this year, yes. Yeah, amazing. What are, are we to expect? Like are you thinking it's going to be more of the similar sort of stuff that we've had so far this year or...? Yes. Like, I don't know. This I, I feel as if the songs all sound different from each other, but the through line is just a more synthy sort of interesting thing about the two songs that have come out so far is I think they're actually the most vanilla. They're the most like <laughs> unchallenging ones. I think there are a couple of cha- challenging moments on the record. Um, for, for you wise. or for a listener? For a listener. Okay. Um, at least for people who have enjoyed my music in the past and like won't be used to sort of the style that I'm sort of trying to inhabit for this record. Um, Mm. Like I think every other song on the record has auto tune on it. Like, yeah. And I I feel like people are very used to me and my sort of chaotic voice. Uh, And (laughs) I've taken a different approach with this record partly because of the hyperpop influence and yeah. um i you know it's it's yeah there's just uh it's a bit more digital i don't think there were very few re- like analog instruments used on the record there was like some bass i think like obviously some synthesizers uh maybe some electric guitar i can't remember but um 
Yeah. Otherwise, like usually I have live strings on all my records and I, there were, there are no live strings on this record mm. and like, it's all, if we did use strings, but they're all just plugins like software and yep. yeah. So that'll, I suppose that's the vibe people uh, yep. have to look forward to. So then still then definitely, yeah. Pulling from those, the, those popper influences, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. think like just that ethos of doing it all in one room, you have limited resources. You're not like spending that much money on like hiring yeah. session musicians and stuff like that I think because like a lot of big hyper pop artists are people who just like started making music in their bedroom Definitely. at like age of like 14 or whatever a and just like band. yeah and we're like on the internet and uh you know developed a community on spaces like discord and stuff like that and shared all these things and that's how they created this aesthetic because they were all sort of sharing mm. you know what they learned and and the sounds that they were creating and um you know it's still what I was doing was still a bit of a different operation because I was working with like another producer and he's made music for like 20 years or something or more than that and um you know like I still have like a, a label sort of funding my process and stuff but um I don't know I just wanted to keep it like pretty like all my music in the past has like tried to achieve this sort of epic aesthetic I suppose mm -hmm. like a Florence and the Machine slash yeah. like Arcade Fiery vibe but mm -hmm. I you know like my music taste has just evolved and I still love all these artists but I got really obsessed with this new stuff and I wanted to do more stuff like that and so and you know a lot of that stuff is literally just computer music so I yeah that's that's what I've tried to do with this record yeah I suppose in in one sense it's kind of, you know, you're limiting to just your digitally created stuff, but in the other sense it also opens you up to so much stuff that maybe you wouldn't have physical access to yes, to exactly. create those sounds. Yeah, this is the other thing is like my – like I didn't want to make a really big expensive record because like I'm I'm pretty I'm not that interested in like I don't want to recoup that much money with the label especially because streaming pays so little I'll just yep. be recouping to the end of my days and like mm. and yeah I don't know <laughs> anyway it's a struggle <laughs> yeah it's a struggle okay well that's a whole politics thing on its own, isn't uh -huh. it? Yeah, <laughs> streaming that's a whole issues. Conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, with Groovin coming up, what have we got starting next month? I think. Um, what are you excited to perform and see around regional Australia? Um, what am I excited to perform? I well, I'm like because I've written the set list, and there's a couple of songs that I haven't played for a very long time, so I'm excited to play those i'm not gonna say what they are i want to have mm -hmm. some sort of secrets i suppose um yep. but yeah just like some older songs that i think are festival worthy and i just like haven't really played much mm. um which is cool and uh i don't know i'm trying to like my stage craft has always just been entirely of my own body and then of course the extremely skillful musicians that i play with and now I'm sort of trying to plan for a bit more like, I guess, props and shit. Well, not props, <laughs> but like, I don't know, some kind of visual to enhance the experience. So I'm just um, trying to plan that at the moment. I'm excited 
to realize that and hopefully I can realize that in time, but I may not. Who fucking knows? Anyway, mm-hmm. and um and I mean I have a lot of friends playing Groove in the Moo, like Hilton Woods and Alice Ivy and Lime Cordial and Middle Kids and stuff. So mm. it'll just be nice to like go and see friends and um I don't know, probably meet new people as well. I'm like pretty uh bad behind uh this like in backstage i think i get like quite a lot of social anxiety and Mm. i um feel like i don't look that approachable (laughs) when i'm when i'm behind this backstage so i don't know like you know how um how readily i will make friends but also like i don't know who knows Anyway, uh, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Exactly. Precisely. precisely. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we'll start wrapping up because uh, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I always ask everyone their current top uh, Auss- three Aussie artists, whether it's like old or new, just like what you're listening to at the moment. So I have been working a lot with Nick Ward, who is a local artist that I really dig. He's mm-hmm. pretty amazing, uh, has like the craziest work ethic ever and just like backs it up with so much talent. And um, I also really love Katie Day, who I also connected with recently. Um, and we share a mutual love of Vitara Hikaru and other J-pop <laughs> music and video games. So that's really nice. And she just makes amazing music. She released an album this year that's really good. That's um, listenable only on Bandcamp. So if people can like <laughs> sling some dolls her way, then uh, go have a listen to the album because it's really good, especially if you are the kind of person who enjoys like hyper poppy stuff like Mm -hmm. again like it feels a bit lazy to like lump her under hyper pop because hyper pop just does feel like this big catch-all for like a lot of very different music but her style is like again it's that very sort of um kind of glitchy electronic uh sort of drawing the organic out of um digital sounds and it's just really clever writing and pop production. Uh, I just love it. I love her project so much. And also Lonely Spec, who has been making a lot of music for other people as well as their own project. Um, they released an EP a few years ago that's amazing. And they've been making a lot of music with Dane, who's another yeah. Australian artist. And, like, just their style, they've really honed, like, this auteur sort of style to their production that's so amazing and I really appreciate that again one of the influences is Linkin Park because I love Linkin Park (laughs) of course um and it just sounds so good and I think all these people are really sort of like doing interesting things with music and sound so yeah yeah I love when people do their own thing you know yes Um, very much individuals I would say all of them are yeah yeah I've got a friend who does a bit of hyper pop and she is obsessed with Dane, obsessed, like yeah. loves her to the moon and back. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's great to see. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for chatting. Um, you've got your new releases, you've got Groovin coming up. Um, was there anything else you wanted to plug or mention? Uh, I recently, uh, SBS recently released a, like a comedy musical, so <sighs> 30 minutes 
special thing that I co-star in with my friends who work at SBS The Feed um, and that's really fun. We, like Tom Cardi wrote all the music and people sort of know Tom Cardi from TikTok and some of his work with Triple J and yep. like Dragon Friends as well if people are into that and um, like it's just one of the funniest things ever and if you have feelings about the property market then this <laughs> is probably for you um, and and if you don't watch it anyway because it's funny and uh so I did that and also I think that's it for now yeah <laughs> I was gonna ask about the Tom Cardi thing um oh, yeah. just because obviously you released that song with him as well which is yeah. just gone nuts I loved it um he's fantastic but maybe maybe I reserve that for another time um <laughs> Sure. But as that that project as well, was that the one that's supposed to be your first acting job? Yes. Yeah. How was that? Just really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, like I hated the process but enjoyed the outcome. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like not for me doing all that waiting and waiting for lights to be set up and waiting mm. to retake shots and all that stuff. Like part of why I enjoy recording music is because if you get a bad take, you hit space bar and then you hit space bar again and then you're off and away once more. Yeah. Where with film it's so much more involved and just I don't have – like I do have the patience and that like I can do that without complaint and just like endure it. But I go home feeling like absolute dog shit. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if it's for my kind of brain. Um yeah. But it was really fun and I'm like, again, really proud to be a part of it and like so happy with the result. So, Hell yeah. I've got ADHD so I completely understand that yeah. patience level. I sometimes <laughs> wonder if I do. I'm kind of thinking of seeing a specialist just because there's like some things where I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe, yeah. but anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a process. I'll say it's that. Process, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well thank you so much. Um, I hope obviously Groovin and the album whenever it comes and everything goes amazing for you. Um, and maybe we'll catch you another time. Thanks so much for chatting. Awesome, no worries. See ya. Thanks, bye.